Yesterday I mentioned it right from the headlines, and I went off on a bit of a rant, and it became almost I th- or the only thing that I talked about in right from the headlines. How Hillary Clinton met with Black Lives Matter protesters on August 11th when she was at a campaign stop in New Hampshire. We talked about videos that the group released of the conversations just this past Monday and the transcript that was released by Clinton's campaign. The demonstrators have made a point of protesting Democratic events in order to bring attention to their issues. Now, Hillary Clinton got into a bit of some, like Breitbart would call it, the shrug herd around the world, conversation about emails and servers, joking, did she wipe it with a cloth in response to Ed Henry of Fox News Channel. I like Ed. I think Ed actually is a good reporter. Um, And he was pressing her on, did you wipe the server? And I honestly think she should have just said, no, absolutely not. Because let's be honest, if anybody did wipe the server clean, it wasn't her. A, I don't think she would know how, and B, not something she's going to do. But the reason I bring that up is I did not feel she handled that well. I felt she handled it like a politician, making jokes, not answering the question, talking around the question, skirting the question. And she does this a lot, and that's why some people look to a Bernie Sanders or say, hey, Joe Biden, get in the race, you know, because they, they want somebody who isn't as ingrained, and I guess Biden and Sanders wouldn't be a good example necessarily, but maybe why Trump is doing so well for some. Although if the election were held today, Fox News poll says that Hillary would win by 5%, but that's still not double digits. But here's the deal. When she met with Black Lives Matter folks, when she met with those protesters, she was honest, forthright, transparent, non-political, and I'd like to see and hear more of that Hillary. Here's an example of that Hillary Clinton that I'm talking about. Hillary Clinton meeting with Black Lives Matters. Take a listen. What in your heart has changed that's going to change the direction of this country? Mm-hmm. Like what in you, like not your platform, mm-hmm. not, not what you're supposed to say. Like how do you actually feel that's different than you did before? Like what were the mistakes? And how can those mistakes that you made be lessons for all of America? There has to be a reckoning. I agree with that. Um, but I also think there has to be some uh, positive vision and plan that you can move people toward. I mean, once you say, you know, this country has still not recovered from its original sin, mm-hmm. which is true. Once you say that, then the next question by people who are on the sidelines, which is the vast majority of Americans, the next question is, well, so what do you want me to do about it? What am I supposed to do about it? That's what I'm trying to uh, put together in a way that I can explain it and I can sell it. Um, Because in politics, you can't explain it and you can't sell it, it stays on the shelf. All I'm saying is, your analysis is totally fair. It's historically fair, it's psychologically fair, it's economically fair. But you're going to have to come together as a movement and say, here's what we want done about it. Because you can get lip service from as many white people as you can pack into Yankee Stadium and a million more like it. We're going to say, oh, we get it, we get it, we're going to be nicer. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's not enough. There's, there's not much 
that we can do to stop the violence against us. Well, if, if that is a conversation the, that I push okay, back. Okay, I understand. And, I understand what you're saying. Also respectfully, yeah. respectfully. Well, re respectfully, if that is your position, then I will talk only to white people about how we are going to deal That's with the very I mean. real That's problems. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Well, but like what I'm saying is you, you what you just said mm -hmm. was a form of victim blaming. Right? You were saying that what the Black Lives Matter movement needs yeah. to do to change white hearts is No, I'm not talking about I, Look, change. I don't believe you change hearts. I believe you change laws, you change allocation of resources, you change the way systems operate. You're not going to change every heart. You're not. But at the end of the day, we can do a whole lot to change some hearts and change some systems and create more opportunities for people who deserve to have them to live up to their own God-given potential, to live safely without fear of violence in their own communities, to have a decent school, to have a decent house, to have a decent future. So we can do it one of many ways. You know, you can keep the movement going, which you have started, and through it, you may actually change some hearts. But if that's all that happens, we'll be back here in 10 years having the same conversation. Amen. On, not scripted, not political. You know, what did she say? Look, you want to change hearts and minds? That's lovely. We can sing Kumbaya, but that's not going to do a damn thing. We'll have the same conversation a decade from now. And I agree with her. She's right. You can't mandate somebody not to be a racist. You can't mandate somebody not to pull a trigger based on hatred of someone because of their skin color any more than you can mandate morality. You can't do it legally, legislatively. And as president of the United States, which I hope she will be called, it would not be her responsibility to change my mind or heart on anything. That's scary. That's brainwashing. That kind of a change or transformation only can come from within and without. Let me say. Hillary was very good, not to mention perhaps, because the Black Lives Matter people may not wa have wanted to hear it, but when a police officer, and I say when because it has happened, and God, I hope it doesn't, but I'll bet it does unfortunately happen again. When a police officer that is not of color shoots a person of color, specifically an African American, and you go around shooting guns, looting shops, and burning a city, whether you live in it or are visiting it to protest, you're not changing anybody's hearts or minds. You're reinforcing their hatred of your community. That's a reality. And the reason I like the Black Lives Matters organization is because you're not doing that. By the way, you also don't have to interrupt a campaign fundraiser or a stop in a city. We might say, well, Leslie, that's how we got to meet with them. Okay, okay, I get it. But you know what? Better that than what we saw happen in Ferguson. Eric Garner's death. Not, not even a tragedy. No, no word for it. Inexcusable. Staten Island didn't burn. Ferguson. Baltimore. And other cities have burned. African Americans have in this country been oppressed, have never received their 40 acres and a mule, which in my opinion in modern day is an insult 
but the equivalent of such was never rendered. There were no reparations made, and I am open to that. And I feel that our leaders should be. But one of the things that bothered me about the opening question was, what is she going to do differently? Could somebody please call me at 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543, and tell me one thing that Hillary Rodham Clinton did as First Lady of Arkansas, First Lady of the United States of America, Senator of New York, or Secretary of State of the United States of America that led to white cops shooting black people in parked cars at a traffic stop? Because you heard them. Well, how, how are you going, you know, how have you changed why does Hillary Clinton have to change? If you look at Hillary Clinton's record, she's done nothing but support, especially women and children in poor communities and lower income sections of not just the United States, but the world. She did so as an attorney. She did so as a student at Wellesley. Look it up. Google universities available for you. I thought it was a stupid question. Ask a Strom Thurmond that when he was alive. Yeah, I get it. Seriously. This was what I want to see and hear more of with regard to Hillary Rodham Clinton. She was frank, and although it was tense, she didn't get shrill. She didn't seem irritated. You see how irritated she was if you watch the video of her with Ed Henry and often with the media? Maybe it's because Black Lives Matter aren't part of the media. Maybe she needs to just pretend people aren't part of the media. You know what I'm saying? She has a problem, you know, with the media. But I love the fact that the transcript and the video has been released because we, the people, have heard exactly what the two sides said to each other. Now, the conversation was 15 minutes in length, which, by the way, Black Lives Matter, to get somebody the stature of a Hillary Rodham Clinton to spend that much time with you when you do not have a scheduled appointment and you haven't written a check to her campaign is pretty damn good. And I say if you get that with any politician, especially with a name like Clinton or Bush or Trump, that's pretty damn good. Uh, anyway, she disagreed with three of them, who had planned uh, to uh, uh, publicly press the, uh, her on issues on mass incarceration when she was in Keene, New Hampshire uh, earlier, okay? Um, but she gave them suggestions, right? She said that it, they need to have a concrete plan. We said, I said this yesterday about Occupy Wall Street. You can go, I'm mad as hell, not going to take it anymore. Make signs. And you can get a million gazillion people online in the streets, go viral to follow you. But if you don't get the laws to be changed, if you don't get things to be changed on a legal and legislative level, nothing's going to change. And that's what she was saying. Bring me something I can sell. Give me a plan I can move forward with. I'm with you, but I need a plan. Okay? And she said, quote, you'll get nothing but lip service. You just heard. From as many white people as you can pack into Yankee Stadium and a million more like it. The truth is a hard pill to swallow, but I believe that Hillary Rodham Clinton was being transparent. I believe that Hillary Rodham Clinton was telling the truth. And I believe that what she said is accurate. There are many things we could do. We obviously have a problem with who are becoming police officers in some of the forces in our nation. They're getting through the cracks somehow whether they're mentally unstable or racially unstable. Or do they become that way? Do you need to have some kind of sensitivity training? Well, let me turn it to you, because we're going to take a break and come back to your calls. What do you think 
of the details of the meeting between Hillary Clinton and Black Lives Matter. You heard just a piece of it. It was 15 minutes in length. The transcript is online, and the video is as well. But for the piece you heard, what do you think of the details of the meeting between Hillary Clinton and Black Lives Matter? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Is it impossible for Black Lives Matter to change the opinions of racist Americans? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Or do you think Hillary made a good point when she said you can't change hearts? You have to change policy and law. I agree with the latter. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Was Hillary being the most transparent and non-political on this issue? I say yes. I thought this was this was one of her best exchanges. Do that regarding email. And damn it, Ryan Carly Fiorina, you're not Bill Clinton and you're running, not him, for office. Would you please, while you're out at Hillary? 888-6-LESLIE-888-653-7543. What should the agenda of the Black Lives Matter movement be, America? What should the Black Lives Matter agenda or movement be? What should their agenda be? Should they have a goal? What should that goal be and how do you reach it? 888-6-LESLIE-888-653-7543. Now, I believe... That Black Lives Matter and organizations like this, people like this, can be a positive change in the black community. Do you? And if so, how can these groups like Black Lives Matter affect positive change for the black community? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, basically, a question they didn't really ask point blank is how do we improve relations between police and the African-American community? So I ask you, how do we, America? How do we improve relations between police and the African-American community? Does there need to be more community outreach, for example? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And one thing Hillary didn't address here, or in Keene, New Hampshire, she might have in, you know, 15 minutes, and she certainly will with this organization, I'm sure, in the future. But how do we reverse the huge problem of mass incarceration in America? It's an issue that disproportionately affects black people. There's no question. Here are the facts. NAACP stats from 1980 to 2008. The number of people incarcerated in America quadrupled from half a million to 2.3 million people. Today, the United States is 5% of the world population, but we have 25% of the world's prisoners. African Americans constitute nearly 1 million of the total 2.3 million incarcerated population. Oh, by the way, and they're not illegal immigrants. African Americans are incarcerated at nearly six times the rate of whites. What do we do about that? Mandatory minimums would be good and not just rely on a witness ID as we find those to be faulty. I'm Leslie Marshall coming back to you in your calls right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three is Zainamba and uh, David uh, in Massachusetts uh, as well eight 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 six Leslie and uh, a line available because we did have somebody drop out because our lines fill up fast so get in now let's start with Dale in New York on line three um, uh, Dale what do you think about this uh, Black uh, Lives Matter movement and the politics involved in this 
Oh, uh, Jay, how many people we have dropped here? You had three already? That's that's really crazy. Okay, sorry. Steve in Austin, line two, you're up first. Steve, uh, good after uh, good afternoon. What was your take on Hillary and her exchange with the Black Lives Matter folks? Yeah, hi. Um, I think that uh, I really got an insight into the real Hillary. You know, when she's out in front of people talking, that's one thing. But when she's behind the scenes like that, working politically, you can really see how she does things and how smart she is and what she wants to try to do. And even though I don't agree with what she's trying to do and I don't like herself aligning with that movement. Um, my take on that movement is it's a violent movement, more like a, a fair kind type of movement than a Martin Luther King type of movement. I mean, even though in that video they were very, uh, very intelligent, the way they spoke about things and what they talked about. You know, I w- would you like to see more of her when you're, you know, seeing her on the nightly news and the clips that they have of her? Because she's not, she doesn't handle herself with the media like that. This is why I think she meets, you know, does better with smaller groups. Yeah, it's amazing to me how. how, hold, how sweetheart, sweetie, hold that thought, would you? Because I got to take a quick break and I can hear you on your cell. We'll come right back to you after this break. You can finish up that comment. If you want to join us, we did have a couple of people that uh, their phones uh, went out, their cell phones went out. So a line is available for you. 8886-LESLIE. Black Lives Matter. Ask Hillary Clinton questions. Did you like her answers? How do we stop this violence by white cops? or non-colored cops against African-Americans. We'll be back. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Stephen Austin on line two. Steve, go ahead. You were talking about Hillary did a good job listening and responding, and I asked you if that's more you, uh, you'd like to see more of that, and that's how she should handle herself with the press. Yeah, she was uh, really good behind the scenes, and she, you know, she she told me, you know, that she could uh, do things and accomplish things, and any movement she chose to help, I mean, she could be a lot of help to. All right. Anything else? No, that's that's pretty much what happened. It was a real her. You know, the real Hillary in that video. All right, Steve, thank you. Calling us from the liberal mecca of Texas, Austin. Thank you uh, for the call. Uh, let's go to Maggie, who is back in New Mexico on line four. Hey, Maggie, thanks for calling us back. I'm sorry that your uh, line dropped. I'm glad to have you That's back with okay, us. okay, my dear. I'm glad I got through to you. I have to say a couple of things first. I'm 83 years old. I've lived all over the world. I have seen people like Maggie Thatcher, who reminds me so much. Well, Hillary reminds me of Maggie Thatcher. And what we need in the White House, because she is so bright and experienced, is somebody to clean house. And she's right about the situation with the race and what's going on. There's room for all of us. And if it wasn't for money, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So that's my look at how things are. I'm not black. I'm white. I've grown up with uh, African-American kids all my life and people in the Air Force. I was there at the Pentagon for a couple of years. And, you know, if you want to find trouble, as my mother used to say, you'll find trouble. And usually it's about money. I'm sorry I'm taking over your call. Oh, you're not taking over. It's your call. <laughs> oh, okay, my dear. But that's the whole thing, you know. The government, unfortunately, I love Obama. I I love him to pieces, and I love Hillary. And she is so respected everywhere else and except for the Republicans in our own country, which is pathetic. 
A lot of Republicans do respect her. They're just silent. And I, and I say that because when I was in Washington, even some Republicans uh, clear the path when she walks through and have great respect for her. I, I saw that. Well, I hope so. I certainly hope so because the stuff I'm reading and what looking at on the TV, it you know, what it is, of course, it's um, all of these people who have to make her look bad in order to make themselves try to look good. Absolutely. It, Maggie, it, it's childish. I know that you have to go. I know your phone dropped out. Thank you for calling back. Call us again. Don't be a stranger. Appreciate your contribution. Okay, darling. Thanks. Thank you, Maggie. Appreciate it. We continue with the calls, and when we finish with the call, your cue to call through, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Let's go to Michael in the Bronx on line one. Michael, good afternoon. Greetings, Leslie. How are you doing? Good. Um, thumbs up and hats off to Hillary for how she handled herself um, in that um if you want to call it one-on-one discussion with Black Lives Matter, um, everybody got to understand something, that Black Lives Matter is an organization that is very upset as to how black lives are have been being treated. And it's in direct response to the right-wingers and, and the police officers and police unions that say, do what the bleep you're told whatever cop tells you to, do whatever the bleep you're told. Don't ask any questions. Don't open your mouth or anything like that. Just comply and everything will be fine. If you make a, a sudden move, they beat up on you, you ask for it. And and then they close up with a hashtag called Police Lives Matter. And in a tone in which only police lives matter, only what police feel and it's white cops that feel what's needed to be done, whatever they want to do, and nobody else has any say in the matter. So that's how Black Lives Matter came up when you look at the number of African Americans um, assaulted, incarcerated, in in a large part, incarcerated falsely, and or annihilated. And people have had up to here with it. So... Well, Michael, you're an, Afri- you're an African-American. Did yeah. you feel that her response was sufficient, and did you feel it was accurate? It was definitely accurate, and it definitely was a beginning. And she hit the nail on the head. And, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to know, what did you feel or think when the Black Lives Matter person posed the question, how have you changed, what are you going to do differently? As an African-American who lives in the state where she was a senator— did she disappoint you on race relation uh, issues? Do you find that she has a negative track record with regard to issues that affect uh, the African-American community? Not at all. And I don't know how in the world that question came about. Like I said, the only thing I think, and she hit the nail on the head when she said about lip service, because she probably knows there have been a lot of Caucasians that have been giving, you know, pretty much lip service and no, um, no positive results whatsoever. And the thing is, is that, you know, people got to come up with a plan. And she said that the laws have to be changed or strengthened. She's right on the money with that. What have I always said when it comes to situations like this, um, Leslie? I've said a million times that it's not enough to go after the individual police officers case by case by case because we see it's a, it's a systemic pattern. There is somebody or some people in a higher up main chain of command or and or especially the police unions that instead of being responsible leaders they encouraging these um, officers 
to engage in such criminal activity and then and give them the idea that they are untouchable, that there's a lifetime immunity. And I know that for a fact because we've had three police officers here in New York City that chose not to go down that path but want to stick with their oath of service and to do right by the people and really do their job. And because that they did not conform with the blue wall of silence, the police union uh, president here um, orchestrated their ouster. So it's got to be a real question as to how in the hell these police union presidents that are so far to the right and even um, right-wing pundits are going to advocate and encourage the woke, racist, white cops to be remaining on the force where their butt should have been kicked out long ago and even prosecuted, but then you're going to punish the um, African-American cops, Latino cops, or even some of the good white cops that want to do good and tell the truth. How the hell is that you're going to punish them and then want to keep the... Um, want to keep the vote cops. That sends the wrong message. But again, this is not something a president would handle. And I say that because she's not mommy and not running for mommy of the country or the world. I just know what the thing is that I just gave an example of what needs to be done in terms of changing the laws. That right. But, uh, and, speaking, and, and before I let you go, Michael, let speaking of hearts and minds, when they ask the question about changing hearts and minds, do you agree you know, hey, if you can get somebody from being a racist to not being a racist, unless they're the cop with the gun in their hand, that doesn't matter. And do you agree with me that burning cities down and looting only fuels that hatred? It only fuels that. And then we got to be careful with that also because there are peaceful protesters and there have been reports of people staged to create that kind of um, infamy just so cops could create a reason to shut down a legitimate protest going on and penalize the peaceful protesters. Okay. You know, let me, can I clear something up, Leslie? Very, um, very quickly, Michael. Very quickly. The example that I gave, what, what it comes down to is this, that there's been a history of the um, catalysts that I have mentioned, I'm talking about the police unions and all that stuff, that have a history of tipping or even leaning on the scales of justice. And in my view, and, and from what I understand, when you turn around and falsify documentation or fabricate evidence, that's obstruction of justice, and that's a federal offense. So there needs to be more strengthening of that. If you're going to encourage such racial violence towards unarmed people of color and done so out of malice and prejudice, you are just as guilty as the people that pulled the damn trigger, and you need to be put away as well. All right. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate the call. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Uh, let's see. We now have Sean in Oklahoma on line three. Sean, good afternoon. Uh, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Sean? I'm pretty good. Uh, now, I understand. You know, I think you disagree with me on, on, on this and on Hillary's response to a Black Lives Matter uh, organization, correct? No, I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. What I'm going to say is, is it's completely biblical, you know. Uh, during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, you know, the Jews had – you know, no outlet whatsoever. They were completely suppressed. You know, their temple was taken away from them. Uh, these people were, and, and through history, have completely been uh, degraded and segregated and, and knocked down. And you never hear 
of a Jew saying affirmative action. You never hear. Oh, my dear. Are you serious? First of all, you have no idea what they said. I mean, you really don't. The Bible is the Bible is portions of history that was written that some people believe uh, was divinely uh, ordained. But there are there are more books that are not in the Bible that were written at that time about life in that time. So, you know, when you say they didn't want affirmative action or things like that, you really don't know. I mean, they demanded justice. I mean, look at the time of Moses in Egypt. I lived in I lived in urban communities for most of my uh, youth when I was younger. I lived in Altoona, Pennsylvania for three and a half years, and I saw how the job market just completely decreased. You know, the crime rose at a, at, a, at a skyrocket rate. More service jobs came up. You know, so so the major factor in all of this is less jobs. The less jobs we have, well, the that, more I agree with you there. When we ha- when we ha- when we have when people have less money. They have more desperation, and there right, is more is crime because right. if you have a hungry belly, you're going to steal to feed it. Well, now here's the other here's the other hand on that. The more we increase welfare, the less jobs there are as well, because then the rich are taxed to death. Now you no 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 no. No, no 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 you you know you're, we're arguing here which came first the chicken or the egg. No, if you if you look when we have a lot of jobs when the economy is good, the welfare rolls are lower. When we hit a recession, the welfare rolls are higher, and I think that's pretty much common sense because well, now, when more now, people are fired, more people collect unemployment, when more people hit hard times, more people go to social programs, uh, that, that, that's historically you know, the case in our country. Right. Well, you know, there are a lot less jobs, especially in your urban communities, especially Maryville, Indiana. When you drive through there on a train, all you see is plywood. Right, but you're. Food. But uh, let me you know, say those that those rich things. people that you're so worried about yeah. have the money and have the power to create jobs here, to bring jobs back here, and they have oh, chosen this, this not totally to because funny. it's cheaper to have labor overseas to make crappier products that we all buy for less at Walmart, my friend. And I don't. I don't dispute that one bit. That that's the problem. You know, America has to be more concerned about Americans. I, 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 you know what? I agree with you there. That's a good place to leave it. I got to take a break. That's a we agree on that, and I think that's a good place to leave it. Americans need to be more concerned about Americans, you know. But you know what? We in America, I'm, I'm gonna tell you real quick. Years ago, when you listened to a talk station, you had everybody under one roof. Rush Limbaugh, then Leslie Marshall, conservative, then liberal, the lawyer, the medical person, sports person, all under one roof. These stations had huge reach. You only had like one in a city. You were a powerhouse, and everybody listened to that station. Everybody knew the morning person for like 20, 25 years. And years ago, I was working in an interim position at WHDH in Boston on the radio. And the program director said to me, Leslie, are you a Democrat or a Republican? I said, I'm an independent because I'm conservative on some issues, but I'm liberal on most, and I don't agree with both parties, either party, 100%, not even the Democrats, but I lean more left. He said, you got to pick a side, because the time is coming. Talk radio will be divided by left and right, as will our nation. It was pretty prophetic. We are, we, we are so, we're masters at dividing. North, south, east, west. We even, we, God, gangs do it with colors, right? The Crips and the Bloods. Rappers do it with coasts, you know, New York or Cali, right, or uh, Brooklyn or Oakland. We do it with politics. We do it with gender. We do it with religion. 
We're our own worst enemy, folks, sometimes. What that guy said is true. We need to care about America. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean mom, apple pie, Chevrolet, all white people sitting in a Ford pickup truck with school chewing tobacco stuck in your jaw. You know what I'm saying? The, the America we live in now, the diverse, multicultural, multinational, multireligious America will be back. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Massachusetts line five. Manny, what do you say on this issue? Hey, uh, hello, Leslie. Um, hey. I, I think Hillary did a very good job. I mean, I've been waiting for her to stop being the Secretary of State and start being Hillary again. So I think she's still in Secretary of State mode. She sounds like a diplomat most of the time. And it, it's been a while since I heard her speak like this. It was uh, pretty refreshing. Um, I'm a Bernie Sanders uh, fan, and like I told you before, I'm going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Um, but I'm still waiting for her in the uh, elections, but he's going to get my vote in the primary. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that, yeah. Yes, and these uh, Black Lives Matter, um, they need to get more organized. They need to have a platform. I mean, they need to make pamphlets and start handing them out. Um, they need to fight for causes like getting rid of mandatory sentences, um, getting back the voters' rights. Um, I think the the, govern, um, the Congress was told by the, the high court they needed to uh, revisit this and rewrite this law, and they haven't done anything about it. So they need to push for that. Okay. Uh, they need to organize their people to, to get out the vote, uh, get buses down there, pick them up, get their IDs, whatever it takes to get them to the ballot booth and, and, and vote. Okay. Um, I also think that they, this country is built on the, on the backs of slaves, and yes. let's pay our bill. They, they built the country, and let's pay our bill. Let's give them their, their acres and their mules. I don't disagree with that, Manny. Thank you uh, very much for the call. Uh, David in California, line two is next. David, good afternoon. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, David. Hi. Um, well, I got three things. I don't think you can do it on a presidential uh, level, but, you know, mandatory body cams on police officers. And also, um, police officers not investigating police officers for doing crimes. There should be outside authorities, you know, looking into investigating these things. And also, when they break laws and they get penalized, it should come out of the police uh, pensions, not not out of the taxpayer dollar. It's, That's a very uh, good... I've never heard anybody propose that. That's awesome. Awesome You know, idea. that way it matters to them. You know, the buddies always stand there. There's one good cop and three bad, and the good one never says nothing because you want to break the thing. But you come after their pensions, they might start saying something. All right. And, then, uh, and also, but here's the problem with Hillary is that, you know, you got to bring jobs back. And she's not going to get rid of NAFTA, CAFTA, and all these free trade deals and bring back a tariff. You bring 60,000 manufacturing jobs back to America, people are going to get employed. People get employed, they rise out of poverty. They stop, you know. Yeah, no, it's, about the, it's about the economy, right? It's about jobs. It's not about email servers. I got it. Um, okay. Uh, thank you, uh, David. Uh, very good points. Appreciate that. Let's go next to Danny in Atlanta on line four. Danny, good afternoon. Um, you don't like or you disagree with the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Yes, I do. I think it's uh, there's more hype to it than anything. And, uh, you know, it's, I 
I'm one of those all lives matter types, I guess is the best way to describe me. Do all uh, li- this- do all lives matter? You'll have to read my Huff Post piece when it comes out this week. Okay, I'll do that. But uh, yeah, this started out uh, in the late '80s with uh, stop the violence uh, protest marches in inner cities, and my understanding that things still go on. But if you look from 1989 to now, what effect has that had? So it's all about throwing this into the hype and getting this in front of everybody's attention and pretending like this is something that, you know, if black lives really matter, then let's address the serious problems. I mean, we shouldn't be trying to address police. We should be addressing what's going on with the black lives. Why is this happening? Okay. Uh, I think it's a fair question. Anything else? Oh, Danny, thank you. Chris in Virginia, line one. Chris, good afternoon. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, I I think – I think the first thing that we need to do is admit that the war on drugs is a failure and that, uh, and that it, it's, not, it's not in the best interest of the country to incarcerate people that are addicted to drugs, but to get them the treatment that they need instead. Uh, instead of treating them like criminals, treat them like patients. I agree with you. Mandatory minimums, it's just, you know, you don't put a pot smoker next to a rapist or murderer. It doesn't accomplish anything. It makes things worse in the system and, and, and contributes to overcrowding. That, that's exactly true, and uh, you know what we have to face is that uh, is that Black Americans are targeted uh, for drug possession more than White Americans are, even though White Americans use drugs at the exact same rate that Black Americans do. Okay, and last uh, last uh, but not least, uh, we go to Alexandra on line three in Phoenix. Just uh, a minute, go ahead, Alexandra. Good afternoon. If Black Lives Matter, then why aren't the blacks talking about what the true intentions are behind Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger and why the whole... What are, what, are the, what are the intentions behind Planned Parenthood? To wipe out blacks. The oh, unprivileged. Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> serious. Nobody's going to anybody who's having an abortion with a gun against their head. Women choose to have the abortion, and because there's no federal funding for abortion, you have to come up with the hundreds of dollars that it costs for one. Nobody is targeting African Americans for that. That's a whole other topic. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will as well. Mark and Andrew, thank you as always, and thank you, America. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.